starring Bela Day in... But, Ma, that's my favorite movie. Oh, well, all right. But don't you spend too much time in front of that TV. Do you hear me? Yes, Ma. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast, But Ma, that's my favorite movie. And we are on episode six. And this episode is titled, But Ma, That's My Favorite Socially Conscious Movie. And just by the title, I know you can guess what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into all of that, I want to take the time to thank all of my listeners. Number one, if you're a new listener, welcome. And you are definitely in for um, some good content today. You're in for a treat. Now, if you're a returning listener, you're a real one, period. And let me tell you this. I have been pleasantly surprised by the turnout of the listenership that I've been getting since I have relaunched this podcast. Now, keep in mind, I was nervous when I was going to relaunch it because I didn't know what was going to turn out of it. And I have really been surprised by the numbers that I've been seeing and just comparing them to numbers previously that we were turning over on the podcast, it is night and day. And we all know the numbers don't lie, honey. And so I'm just, I'm so excited. It has definitely motivated me to keep going. Any fears or doubts that I've been having um, have definitely been subdued it, it it gives me hope that oh my god okay I can do this by myself um because you know it is kind of scary doing something with someone else and then going solo because you don't know I mean it can either be good or it can either be bad but I'm just so grateful and I'm so happy and appreciative of everyone that has been tuning into the episodes thus far and I have so much more stuff planned so you know just continue to hold on with me and I definitely definitely appreciate each and every one of you all right done with the sappy stuff okay let's get into this um episode today so this episode I'm actually going to split into two parts I have decided to do that because of the subject matter. It's a bit heavy and I want you to be able to take in um, each of the movies that I'll be talking about. So we're going to go ahead and start with part one. So let's go ahead and talk about the topic, the theme for this particular episode. So socially conscious movies is the theme. What does socially conscious mean? It's an awareness of important social issues. So the reason why I'm doing this particular episode at this particular time, because to be honest, I was going to do a completely different theme. But because of recent events, I feel like it is my part to educate other people and to provide a sense of perspective from another end um, to try to bring you know, just something possibly different to the conversation that maybe someone hasn't heard before. And also, in my opinion, these movies represent a good chunk of what I feel 
is the problem in society and specifically toward the attitude and the perception towards black people. Um, now, I know there's a bunch of different races that deal with a bunch of different issues, but I'm specifically going to talk about my people today. So um, I would definitely appreciate if you wanted to continue listening. But of course, if this isn't your cup of tea, that's fine. Um, but, you know, at least give it a chance. I'm doing it in a way to allow these movies to represent what's going on today. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the first movie here. This first movie, the two topics that we're going to talk about that I feel that this movie is a perfect representation of, well, not even the topics, the themes in this movie that I, I'm, I'm going to talk about two particular themes. There could be multiple themes in this movie, but I just want to talk about two particular ones. Um, and it is actually going to be perspective and privilege, specifically white privilege, okay? So let's go ahead and get into this movie. Lights, camera, action. You are a convicted felon, Mr. Hoskins. You are now that until proven otherwise. Prove otherwise at all times. All right, that is a quote from the character James, um, who is the, I believe, the like the director or the uh, halfway house manager of the movie Blind Spotting. So the first movie we're going to actually be discussing is Blind Spotting. And I actually have another quote I want to do as well. That quote is very relevant to the conversation and I'm gonna tie it in a little bit later. The second quote is related as well. All right. You monsters got me feeling like a monster in my own town. And that is actually from a rap bit that's within this movie. All right. Oh, and, and that um, quote is by Colin, which is the main character in this movie. So this movie was released July 27, 2018. So it is it hitting its two year anniversary in a in about three weeks Yeah, in about three weeks. And I promise you, I did not plan that. Uh, the director of this movie is Carlos Lopez Estrada. Um, he did direct a bunch of shorts and some music videos. So this looked like this was actually his first like feature that he directed, which I think is super cool that this was the feature he directed because it, it, I feel like it is an important movie. So the cast we have here, we have David Diggs. He played the teacher in Wonder. He also starred in Hamilton. I believe he starred in it. I think he was the main player. I haven't seen that yet. Um, then we have Rafael Cassell. He plays in the movie Bad Education. I've never seen it. Um, then we have Janina Gavankar. Uh, she played in the most recent movie, The Way Back with Ben Affleck. And she was also um, a character on True Blood. I only watched like, I think like maybe two seasons of True Blood, if that. So I'm not quite sure what role she played, but she did play in those two things. I think she's pretty much an up and coming actress. She's possibly been in the industry for a minute and now she's, you know, starting to get her rise of fame, which I mean, that's super good for her because we are, we all know everybody's time is different when you start making it. So, you know, your time is your time. Nobody can take you, take that from you. Okay. Then we have Jasmine Cephas Jones. Uh, she played in Monsters and Men, and she played in uh, a character, Mrs. Fletcher, a TV show, I believe, on HBO. 
Then we have Ethan Embry. Uh, he played in Can't Hardly Wait, which is a movie we talked about in episode two. He also played in Empire Records. Uh, then we had um, a little cameo from Tisha Campbell Martin. Uh, she played in House Party, which was also uh, a movie we talked about in the second episode. And she starred in the show Martin. And then we have Wayne Knight, who I thought was a very interesting uh, cameo. I know him from Jurassic Park. He's played in Basic Instinct and Seinfeld. Uh, he's actually a meme on the internet. Uh, it was a scene from Jurassic Park where the guy who was meeting it was trying to be like inconspicuous, didn't want anyone to know he was there because, you know, they're up to no good. And he basically shouts out like, hey, I'm sitting here with this dude. And like no one's paying attention to paying attention to him and he's just like see nobody cares and so yeah he's basically a meme and he actually still looked pretty good all right so let's get into the summary of des mauvais all right so colin the main character gets sent to prison and the movie starts off where he is about to be let off on probation and then it fast forwards to uh it fast forwards to where he has 3 days left on his probation and this is this is where the story this is like the setting of the story 3 days before he's going to be let off on probation so that means he has 3 days left to not start or be in any trouble at all because of course if you get in trouble or get arrested while you're on probation what happens you go back so Colin is serving his probation in a halfway house because that's a part of his terms of being on probation. And of course, uh, since it's at a halfway house, there's a curfew. He has to do chores. And um, what we we end up meeting Colin's uh, childhood friend, um, who we later find out is kind of a part of the reason why he's sent to prison or was involved with that reason. And his friend, the best way I can explain it is a black caricature. Uh, he has the grills. He has the black scents. And he's just really reckless. And he does and kind of says whatever he wants. And the personality between um, his best friend, which I forgot I didn't say his name. His name is Miles. Uh, his best friend, Miles, and Colin, you can see that their personalities are, like, really night and day. And as, you know, Colin is very, you know, walking on eggshells, you know, trying to be on his best behavior and, and on his last three days of probation, um, he is starting to notice Miles' behavior. He's becoming more aware of it. And it's, you know, it's starting to actually worry him. Like, it never did before. But, you know, with the recent events and, you know, him trying to be good, his behavior starts to look like a problem. So he begins to reevaluate their friendship and, you know, he's he's just not sure how to feel about it. And then he's dealing with the lingering feelings he has for his ex-girlfriend named Val and Val actually had broken up with him when he had got sent off to prison. And so he's still dealing with those feelings and you could tell he still cares about her. Possibly loves her, not quite sure. We didn't get to see any of the dynamic of their relationship previously to him being sent off to prison. 
but it looks like he really still does care about her and she possibly does too but um she just has a really hard time forgiving him for uh what he did to lend himself into prison and then Colin is also dealing with um, the personal trauma he develops whenever he witnesses a cop uh, shooting a black man from behind. So the man was running from the cop and he shoots him. And so he he's dealing with a bunch of different things on top of, you know, now being a convicted felon. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're going to start off with the first theme in this movie. And then I'm just going to talk about some scenes that I feel represent the social issues that are going on today. Well, it's really like the social issue. These are the reason why things are going on the way they are today. So I'm going to go ahead and read because I couldn't find this scene. I really wish I could have just found a clip of it, but I didn't. So I'm just going to read it and... Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and read it and I'll say, you know, the person's name, the line, next person's name, so on and so forth. And this is a conversation between Val and Colin. Phone rings. Val answers the phone. Hi. Colin. Hi. Val. Um Colin. How's the how's the memorizing coming? Val. Yeah, I'm just trying to learn these psych terms, Colin. What'd you come up for the the double picture one, the face in the vase one, Val? Oh, I like that one. It was blind spotting, Colin. Why blind spotting, Val? Because it's all about how you can look at something and there can be another thing there that you weren't seeing. So you got a blind spot, Colin. But if somebody points out the other picture to you, doesn't it make it not a blind spot anymore? Val, no, because you can't go against what your brain wants to see first, unless you spend time to retrain your brain, which is hella hard. So you're always going to be instinctually blind to the spot you weren't seeing. Val, there's a long silence between them. Colin? Colin. When you look at me now, do you always see the fight first? Colin. There's a long silence between them. Good night, Valerie. Um, so if it was confusing at the end, so basically it was a situation where once she explains the definition to him, he gets quiet and then, you know, he gets the courage to say what he says, and then she gets quiet. And we all know no answer is your answer. And so this scene takes place after a previous scene that explains why he's asking her what she ended up naming um, that particular psych term. So in the movie, um, he Colin needs his hair braided up. Val's the only one he knows that can do it. And so they end up meeting up. And she had told him, if I do your hair, you're going to have to help me um, memorize my psych terms because she has some tests coming up. And so he's, you know, he's down for it. And there, he's going over these the different definitions of the psych terms. And he realizes when she's about to recite what she thinks the answer is, 
she starts like singing a little song and he's like well you know what are you doing or she says like a word first before saying it and she was like well you know I kind of make songs out of it or I create like another word for it so I can be able to remember it easy easier and so he's like oh okay cool and so then he comes up with that picture which that picture is two different images depending on your perception of it so you either see two people facing each other or you see a vase but like she said you can never see both of them at the same time now you can see one or the other but it's hard to see them at the same time so that number one is the set off for talking about what we're going into is perspective people have a really hard time seeing uh, black people as more than one dimensional uh, throughout history it has been made to make black people simply just a figure um, that is just skin and bones and nothing more it's almost like we, you know, and I say we because I am biracial, I'm half Mexican and half black, but uh, we aren't seen to have feelings. We aren't seen to have a heart. Um, and so the normal perspective of a black person is normally a negative one. And so the first scene, okay, so I'm gonna talk about Val and Colin's relationship. Val to me represents how society has such a hard time forgiving black people in any situation. So Val and Colin, like I mentioned to you, they're broken up. Val cannot forgive him because after she sees this one side of him, which, you know, sent him, end up sending him to prison, you know, she really wants nothing to do with him and she can't be with him. And I feel that she represents society in that way. How people, society has a harder time forgiving black people in any type of situation, under any circumstance. And when black people put themselves in certain situations, it is always justifiable. It's justifiable why they live in the ghetto. It's justifiable why people assume that they're on welfare or that they murder each other or, you know, whatever narrative um, that tends to get spun. Um, it's always negative. And society just doesn't want to forgive black people. And when you don't forgive people, what happens? You don't feel bad for them. You cannot empathize with them. You cannot sympathize with them because you kind of feel like, well, you get what you get and that's what you get. And another um, another um, representation I feel of this is um, there's another scene in the movie. And okay, at this point, Colin is at Miles' apartment. Now, Miles has a black girlfriend and, of course, a mixed son. And at one point in the scene, the son is showing his dad a gift that he got him. He had bought him this shirt. Miles goes to try on the shirt. Colin and his girlfriend follow him. They're kind of making fun of him because the shirt fits is more, like, form-fitting on him compared to, like, he normally wears more looser clothing. And when they go back into the living room, they realize that their son is holding a gun. Now, instantly, Miles' girlfriend quickly assumes that the gun belongs to Colin. So we have two best friends. One is black, just a convicted felon, 
just, you know, is about to get off probation. And then we have the, um, the white friend who, I don't know if he has any record, none of that was spoke of during the movie, but instantly the black guy is assumed to one, is assumed to be the one that was, that had the gun. So now we're not only dealing with negative perceptions about black people, we're also dealing with judgment, how quickly people can judge a black person for their actions and what they do and will always assume the worst. Now, like I mentioned before, history has clearly dehumanized black people. Um, I mean, just look it up. I mean, from uh, slavery to creating minstrel shows where they mock black people, the big lips, the dark skin, um, to segregation, um, to lynching, to sundown towns, um, I mean, they freaking have a movie called Birth of the Nation, where it's about the KKK saving its people from black people. So there is so much in history that has set up this narrative that black people are dangerous, that they're aggressive, that they're up to no good, that they are the ones with the highest crime, that they are the ones who kill each other the most, um, that ultimately they are who they are they're a stain on society and they don't deserve anything um not even an ounce of respect or empathy and along with that black people are seen as one dimensional you know you have you know a square or you see a square um it looks a lot different when it's three dimensional compared to one dimensional because you have a flat just one side and then when you see multiple sides of it it makes it look different um, and, and black people don't aren't made to have multiple dimensions. We're not made to be sensitive. We're not made to be emotional. We're always strong. We're aggressive and we're some type of criminal. And that is a lot where the issue is coming from, because if we just learn to understand the culture, be more empathetic, to educate ourselves about the past that has done nothing but set my people up for failure, then we would be in a much better place and we would be able to um, do a lot better in society and get along better and to, you know, uh, allow this system to also be in the favor of black people as well. Because facts are the people who made, you know, the constitution, who created the judicial system and just the laws and the regulations, it wasn't done by black people and it wasn't done in favor of them either. Because at one point, black people weren't even seen as a whole person. And I mean, that's literal, that's literal history. That's not me making it up. That's not me, you know, just pulling something out. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what it is. And so that is what I have for perspective. Okay. And we're going to go ahead and move on to the uh, next theme that's in this particular movie and so what or yeah we're gonna move on to the next thing which is the white privilege the first thing I'm going to talk about is the fight scene uh, and the fight scene is where we get some insight as to why he was sent to prison so basically Colin was working as a security guard at this nightclub um, there's this white guy who goes in there. He orders this drink. It's like this real fancy drink the bar makes. I think it's like in a, uh, coconut bowl. 
Um, it has all these little, you know, fancy straws, umbrellas, all these different liquors, and then it's also on fire. Um, this customer or bar goer decides to bring that drink outside to show his friends. So everyone knows the rule of, of nightclubs, bars, you don't take your drinks outside. Now, if there's a patio that's gated, of course, yeah, then you're permitted to do that. But if it's just simply outside of the building, no, you cannot do that because one, that that you become a liability to that establishment. And you can, I mean, you can ultimately get them shut down if like a cop drives by and see people standing outside with liquor. And plus, you can also get yourself in trouble. And so Colin immediately hops on it like, hey, dude, you got to go inside with that. You can't come outside with that drink. And the guy is pretty much brushing Colin off like, hey, yeah, I'm just showing my friends, you know, this drink for a second. Like, I'm going to go back in. And Colin's like, no, you have to go now. Like, you can't be out here doing this. Um, and that's just from a business standpoint, you know, you, you can't do that. And so then the guy takes it upon himself to begin to become aggressive with Colin first. And when he does that, it says something off in Colin um, that I'm pretty sure doesn't happen a lot with him. He doesn't seem like an aggressive guy. He doesn't seem like the guy who's ready to fight. So I think just in this instance, he felt threatened and so something went off in his head and he just starts beating this guy up now he doesn't beat him off to kind of subdue him to be like you know let me take the drink you stay out here he beats him up really really badly now not only does he beat him up but his friend miles joins in because of course you know people always say you know your friends have your back so if you fight then they're gonna fight too but in this case and a result of this fight, um, this actually gets Colin sent to prison. And it gets him sent to prison not only for, like, assaulting him, but I think there's, like, an arson charge because that bowl uh, that had all the liquor and the fire, it falls over and it actually, you know, catches that guy, like, on fire as well. And then this is also the scene where Val sees that different side of um, Colin, now, uh, keep in mind, there are certain things in relationships that can be make or break. Uh, there are certain things that you're just like, yeah, no, I can never deal with that. That's just something that I cannot be with someone for, for whatever action or thing that they did. And so that was her make or break when she saw that side of him. Um, which is understandable because... You know, some people will see that as a red flag, you being that angry that you're going to beat someone half to death um, without any restraint. Because it's like, okay, if you can do that to him, what could you do in the future? So that's understandable. But um, also in this scene, Miles represents that privilege because even though Colin was beating him up, and he was definitely wrong for what he did because he, he got out of control with it. But Miles partaked in the beating as well. And yet nothing happened to Miles. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call privilege. Miles, you know, has his, you know, black care, uh, caricature going on. But at the end of the day, he's still a white person. And white people have the upper hand and the advantage and the privilege to maneuver in life a lot easier. So Colin gets sent off to prison. 
he gets this on his record and he loses his girlfriend. He pretty much, it changes his life forever. And then Miles gets to continue to live his life, continue to be this black caricature and he's safe. And you know, that's another problem within itself. I understand a lot of people enjoy the black culture but you can't enjoy the black culture and not be educated about it as well. Because if, when you're not educated about it, then you become ignorant. And if you're ignorant, you know, it, that becomes a problem because you, you, you're not going to understand or be empathetic to the actual culture other than just the fun side of it and being able to mimic it. Uh, the next uh, scene in this movie that represents the privilege is after the whole scene where uh, Miles' son finds the gun, Miles instantly wants to, I guess, blow some steam, go to this party that he heard about. And, of course, Colin, being his friend, goes along, uh, goes right along with them. When they go to the party, they realize it's kind of, I guess, squarish for them, the type of music they're playing, the people that are there. But it's funny because, you know, Miles is a white guy, and there was a bunch of, like, white people, I guess you'd call hipsters, but he didn't even feel like he felt in just because of this uh, persona that he's been carrying along. And so at one point, uh, Miles and Colin, they split up at the party. Colin ends up seeing some friends um, that he used to know, I guess used to hang out with. And there is a girl and a guy. And the guy um, ends up mentioning that he he's seen this guy who's pretty much like, a wigger. I mean, I guess in the worst ways to explain it, but this, you know, this guy who's appropriating. And so Colin doesn't put two and two together that he's actually talking about Miles. And so um, they go on with their conversation and Miles is turned off because when he was approached by the um, the guy, which was the friend which was the friend of uh, Colin's friend. Because he kind of said something that was kind of like, just said something like about him being, I don't want to say fake, but just like this character that he's being. He says, because he was a black guy himself. So he says something basically like that Miles doesn't like. And then when the guy goes back into the kitchen to get something else, Miles instantly starts fighting him. The fight ends up spilling outside and the host of the party pretty much tells Miles that he needs to go. But Miles feels entitled enough that you can't tell me to go nowhere. He pulls out that same gun from earlier, starts shooting into the air, and immediately, you know, Colin drags him out of there. So, I mean, this scene, it's it's a big mess. And this was a, a huge red flag for Colin to say, oh my God, this guy has been my friend all these years. How have I not really noticed his dangerous actions that he does. Um, and there's even one line he says, and I know some people are sensitive to this word, but um, this is the line. Um, he goes, you're the N-word. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to censor it. You're the N-word they're looking for. So, like, he's basically saying, they're, I'm the convicted felon. I'm the one who looks bad. But you're the reckless one. You're the dangerous one. You're the one that people think we are. You're the personality that everyone thinks we are, black people are. And in the reality of it, not every black person is into gangs that's, you know, in, um, that's 
you know, ready to fight or has a criminal past or, you know, any of that. In that moment, Miles is confused. And and that's where um, the whole ignorance comes into play because he's ignorant to his own actions. He's ignorant to his own persona that he's built that he doesn't even realize any wrong in it. And of course, Colin being a good friend, you know, never kind of pointed it out or told him to change he just accepted him for who he was but at the same time that shows the privilege and that is what miles represents in this movie is that privilege and of course colin hat is his best friend is the epitome of privilege and he that's something he has to face and recognize and now he really sees it under the certain circumstances that he is in and it's something i kind of want to revert back to real quick um in the scene that i was telling you um earlier about the perspective where the uh, miles son had found the gun the gun did actually belong to miles and miles actually was hinting towards colin when he, when miles girlfriend asked if the gun was Collins. Miles looked at Colin to be like, um, you know, take up for me, say that it's yours. And with Colin's record, he can't he can't risk doing something like that. And so he denies it. And Miles feels a little bit away, but it doesn't, you know, create an argument or anything, any friction. Um, but he that's and that's another part of his privilege. He assumes that his black friend because of the way you look, it's it's going to be easier for my, I'd rather my girl be mad at you about it than be mad at me. And that's a problem because you have to own up to your own accountability. All right. And um, you know what? That's pretty much all I have for that. Uh, go, that's all I have for the perspective and privilege part of this movie. Of course, there's so many other different elements of it. Police brutality. um some other things in there but those are the two that i wanted to discuss also i want to praise this movie about the diversity that they showed um they had you know miles and his girlfriend which miles is why his girlfriend was black we have colin's parents his mom was black her husband was asian then Colin's ex-girlfriend, I believe she was some type of Middle Eastern, possibly Arabic. And even like the two friends that end up telling the story of what happened, the whole fight scene of how Colin got sent to prison, they were like an interracial friendship because I think the guy was like Indian and his friend was black and possibly mixed with something. He looked kind of like black and Asian. But there was just a whole bunch of diversity in the film. And that's what I really enjoyed. So not only does it have a great message, but it's telling that message within a diverse cast. And I believe it helped made the it helped make the uh, the story more original. Um, it already is original in itself because it's very creative. Um, Colin's character tend to uh, rap. I think like. Well, he tends to rap like his thoughts and that was their banter between Colin and Miles, um, which was really cool. And the ending scene was super powerful. Uh, And just to discuss that for a little bit, the ending scene where Colin ends up confronting the officer who he witnessed shooting the black guy that was running from him, he, he basically says how he feels in a rap. 
And there was a previous scene where Miles, because he, he's, a, he's a very good, uh, he's a sweet talker. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's easy with his words. He knows how to convince people to do stuff. And that's shown throughout the film. And he told Colin one time, like, people like the bounce of it. You know, if I guess if you kind of have a flow and a rhythm to what you're saying, you're going to be able to convince somebody easier. And then at the end, Colin takes that reference from his friend. Like, he tells him, you know, they like it when it has a little bounce to it. So that's going to make them understand it better. And it was just really, really cool. And this is a good film. I actually watched this with my little sister. I think this this is a good film. I mean, you could even probably show children to be able to kind of explain to them. Um, maybe in a similar way to how I broke it down with the start, with um, just two themes. Or, you know, however you like. I, I feel like this is a very a powerful film to show people um, to kind of explain what's going on. But that is it for this episode. Uh, this is the end of part one. And um, yeah, I uh, thank you so much for listening. And I will see y'all in the second part. The credits are rolling. The show is over. I will see y'all at the next showing. The part two showing.